0: Podcast. Hell yeah, brother! Overload, brother. Beats by Ad Smoke six.
1: Welcome to the mock game review week one preseason preview episode of the Seattle Overload podcast. Unfortunately, Ty cannot be with us tonight, but Griffin can, so it's not just me which is good because it saves you the bother of having to listen to just my voice. Instead, you can hear a conversation about, firstly, how the Seahawks' offense performed in the mock game. But but before all of that, Griffin, what's up?
0: What's up? Happy to be here. Happy to talk about reviewing a uh, team scrimmage and then previewing a preseason game.
1: So it's funny because there was a lot of heroes uh, who were posting... V- Excellent video, particularly uh the YouTube account Chancellor, which was an excellent kind of mid-level view. Uh mainly got nice angles of the uh, end zone copy. It was kind of like a not three-quarter, but kind of two-thirds length side on. And very happy with that. Really good footage. And what was funny about that was I hadn't realized how kind of lacking in intensity a mock game is. Like it it was uh I'd say two-third pace and two-third contact-wise. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Like, they couldn't go all out. And, yeah, the pacing was kind of weird, too. It definitely felt like we were watching a just a more organized practice. Yes. It was a scrimmage. Yeah. It was just a team scrimmage at the stadium.
1: Absolute throwback as well here because I can hear one of your lovely dogs.
0: Yeah. I might need to do something about that. Um,
1: well, before, before that, <laughs> in the, if you do have to do something about that, we, we'll we have a nice little cup. But if you don't, d- Drew Locke won the starting job, Griff,
0: right? Uh, pardon <laughs> me? well geno smith's been named the week one starter uh there that there, is there's... true
1: but but based off the mock game the accounts all seem to be in favor of drew lock and oh. from what you saw did you did you see lock looking like a clear starter and way better than geno
0: smith so he definitely helped himself with this game um but i with a quick characterization like he he was mainly checking the ball down and he's going against a of a vanilla defense like they weren't doing a lot of stuff and i think for the most part a lot of the decisions were the right decisions um but i don't really know what there is to glean from this from either of them i don't know if any one of them separated them of either of them really separated themselves from each other um it was like you don't you don't anoint a guy because he hit the back five times in a row even if it was the right read it's like but um but he definitely helped himself. He I think like process wise what to draw from it is he wasn't forcing anything uh his feet were pretty settled in the pocket um and like in Denver he was at his he's at his best when he and this is kind of a not encouraging thing to say but he's at his best when he, his feet are controlled and he's checking the ball down usually because it's the right decision to make um, it's when he's not trying to tap into the extent of his talents is when he does the best because that's when he runs himself into trouble Um, but so I think it's still status quo off of this. Um, we we didn't really get a lot of good angles on what Gino was doing either. So we don't know if what was his fault, what wasn't, we don't know, you know, what he was hitting downfield necessarily or what was available downfield. So I, I really don't feel like there's anything to draw from this too firmly, um,
1: yeah, what I would say is Locke had a few more uh, passing opportunities in terms of just, like, the passing attempts. Also, Gino, like, from what we saw, like it seemed like he was executing the offense as designed, that, okay, there wasn't any glitzy uh, passing plays, and that's reflected in his overall production being lower than Locke. But then Locke's glitzy passing plays were quite a bit of yak and it was exciting to see a quarterback hit over the middle of the field but it was quite a bit of yak there wasn't really a deep bomb it was just kind of uh taking advantage of the the high low kind of stretch in the middle of the field that the offense presents itself for like two or three big plays um it was the correct read but then it was it was right there right so it it won um it won't groundbreaking necessarily although it was uh encouraging i you know I, I've just remembered who uh, the Baltimore Ravens' defense coordinator, Mike McDaniel, reminds me of. He looks like a Thunderbird. He really does look like a Thunderbird. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, lock though. Uh, the the other thing with lock as well is where was I going with that? The yeah, the defense was pretty vanilla. They were they were trying to disguise some stuff. We'll get to them, but um. I mean,
0: part of it is that Drew. Druden- he knew where the soft spots are in the defense because that's what he's been going up against in practice so
1: oh oh, it, yeah t- it was all t- very
0: simulated
1: t- tellingly as well i distracted myself i'm back uh telling as well carol mentioned that Locke missed an opportunity at the end of the of the of play now i think if he hits that which it sounded like a deep bomb opportunity uh then i think that sort of completes it all and wraps it up as locks a clear winner um And the other thing with that is Carol today mentioned how it's about the quarterbacks taking these opportunities when they present themselves. The whole competition he described as basically looking at who takes the most opportunities when they're there, along with just playing solid football, of course. And the fact that Locke didn't hit that opportunity, now Carol's giving us the actual way of evaluating these guys. I mean, that shows that, you know, there's still stuff he needs to do, still stuff he needs to uh, show the coaches Like, you can't, if there's an opportunity, like an opening there and you miss it, that's bad. Like, obviously, that's bad. But particularly in in the eyes of the Seahawks coaches, as Carroll himself uh, revealed today. So, yeah, I I don't know. Not much to be said.
0: There was was one play. um, It was under center play action, pocket play action. It was a dagger concept. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, we haven't seen that, I don't think, ever in Seattle, uh, where it's legit. Legit um, like you know, dagger over the middle of the field. Um, and it w- would have been a tight window, but he had DK, it was targetable. The linebacker was was uh closing the space on the window, but he's made that throw in Denver before. So it was clearly there was just a the theme of playing it safe, playing controlled. And he checked it down to the back in the flat. And he checked it down, and, and it was t- tackled immediately by uh by Mafe, I think. Um, or two hand touched. But, well,
1: that was brought up in Locke's press conference as well, as like being an example of him not being like trying to be as much of a gunslinger, avoiding the bad play. He said they dropped under it pretty well.
0: Okay, um, so we didn't like the look. We didn't have the cleanest angle on it. But um, I mean, I feel like going into the preseason game, so they're gonna have to separate themselves by I mean, someone's gonna have to make those throws in the intermediate. Uh, I mean, whoever hits, whoever goes deep well, that that will definitely be one of the main separators. Whoever's the cleanest and quick game or the cleanest at getting to the check down when it should be there. Because remember, they're not going to be running that much in gun. So they have to replace those like those gimme, those gimme yardage plays with the passing game. So the, the check down to the back or to the receiver and the deeper drop stuff it's going to be emphasized but um when those opportunities are there i mean that's what's going to allow the offense to actually be functional um you know you have to get those chunk gains somehow so that would be one of the main things i'll be looking for but hmm.
1: in his last press conference before the preseason game carol said his his praise about lock was really glowing compared to gino and now <sighs> I, I don't think you can read too much into this. Like, Gino Smith is like, you know, he is, he is what he is at this point. Um, now that could be something more than people think, but like Carol's basically like Gino's. who, who you know, what we know, like he's solid. Right. Um, but he, he said, you know, there's been few surprises with him. He's been rock solid. Um, but with, with Locke, he was really raving about him. He's saying his movement, his natural ability, uh, surprised him like some of the stuff that drew does surprised him um saying about his, his quickness of release ability to throw with awkward uh, feet um his able to throw of talent on the run, run too skills. yeah yeah and i think that's not something we've said already but lock's ability to to throw on the run is greater than gino like um, oh absolutely also he's um, so much more talent in that respect and that does unlock quite a bit of the offense
0: um, uh, lucky profit on Twitter. That's his handle. He's he good does follow. some really good, great follow. He does some really interesting analytical work. Um, he he was looking at um, Drew Lock's sack rates in pocket, out of pocket, scrambling, non scrambling. His ability to avoid getting sacked when he extends the play is really really impressive. And I think that's because he can throw on the run and throw with so many different arm slots and with his feet being you know um off balance like you mentioned um he's able to whip the ball over defenders so he's hard he's hard to actually and he has a fairly low career sack rate as well but he 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 can avoid the sack with getting the ball out like we said like when he's when he's checking the ball down quickly or getting rid of it quickly but also when he's extending and I think that's part of what Pete is ta- is looking at like his ability to just play the sport while he's out running around now, at the same time that's when he can run into trouble but um, the, the ability to not take negative plays, at least in the backfield, is also there when extending the play. So th- that's something to look for. It's just can you combine that with more accurate throws downfield, better decisions downfield. Um, but so it, it is of note, though, that I think we can still say, while the mock game footage didn't really seem that helpful in terms of determining where the quarterbacks are at. We can still say that Drew won the day. Um it is good that Gino responded back with two really good days in a row this past week, Tuesday and Wednesday in practice, um, where the local beat was saying that it seemed like Gino kind of wrestled back the, uh, you know, kind of being ahead a little bit, um, or at least even the score with tie, with, the, with the tie going to Gino, um, just reverting the status quo. Um, so that's a good sign, at least measuring his resolve. But, you know, we're still talking about practice so um but it's good seeing so when we talk about when we talk about the ability to get explosive obviously drew Drewlock's arm talent he can access the entire field historically he's been really inaccurate downfield but the, the talent is there um so but with with gino in practice they were mentioning how he had like a handful of targets handful of completions like at 20 23 yards 20 yards 30 yards that's where gino's really accurate and if he is hitting those in preseason, he hits those at a high enough rate or is accurate enough um, that I think he, he will run away with it if he just hits a couple of those. Um, because he doesn't have to throw, doesn't have to throw 50 yard fade balls, he doesn't have to throw the 50-yard deep post. He will try those. Um, but if he's hitting, you know, the 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 20-yard in breaking dig or like the 25-30 yard uh seam splitter down the middle and and then the the 25 yard corner out to tyler lockett etc things like that and even the shorter fades to dk that 30 yard range instead of the 40 50 yard range i think pete's more than fine with that because i mean we 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 think about deep ball we think the way russell wilson's done it but pete carroll's had he's had quarterbacks at usc that don't have the greatest arms he's no stranger to that and he's had he's had quarterbacks that have roughly the same arm strength as Geno, which is like average arm strength. And he's had USC offenses that where they kind of thrived in that 20 to 30, 35 yard area. that's how they got explosive. It wasn't the way Russ did it. So I don't think Pete has any issue embracing the way Geno does it. It's just who can do, who can work in their areas of the field more efficiently. Um, So I I don't know. It's just what we'll have to see play out.
1: Hmm. And it's messed up because I'm the one wearing a West Virginia hat, so I'm supporting Gino. but clearly you didn't feel the need.
0: Yeah, that's true. You're showing up more.
1: Yeah. So the, the Steelers defense uh, is very good, but it's the preseason, so it probably won't be as good. I don't really know much of their depth pieces which is terrible podcasting but i they haven't for instance made many like crazy uh high picks there i don't think they made any real blockbuster free agency signings but their scheme will likely be quite um difficult i'd say on a quarterback right in in the sense that they're going to look to cover tight and try a few different pressures, which would test Austin Blythe, for instance, at center um, and the, the early communication among the lower strings of the offensive line as well. And if we do get to see some of these edge rushers the the top types like a TJ Watt, which I really doubt, but if we did, it would be cool because then we get to see the, the, the rookie tackles tested on the left side in, in Charles cross. And on, on the right side in Abraham Lucas, or maybe, uh, Stone Forsyth or maybe a uh, Jake Curran. So I don't know. It's probably not going to be as exciting as that. Although I don't know, it's, it's preseason. It's always weird.
0: It, it will be. It will be useful for a few reasons. One, the 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 scheme they run is just so different than what Seattle does. It's a lot of man coverage, like you said. They're trying to be a pressure team, a man pressure team for the most part. They'll do some interesting like invert inverted stuff um it it will be interesting just by virtue of it being so different than what seattle's been doing because like we talked about in the mock game Locke was going up against the same defense every year i mean every practice and they were super vanilla the mock game so he just kind of knew he knew the defense well enough to to where he knew where to go with the ball so it will be interesting to see him not necessarily having that that uh, pre-existing knowledge um, so, they're going to have to react. Both of them are going to have to react to what they see more, um, especially at the line of scrimmage pre snap, trying to find out who's hot, who's my pre snap option. Um, now, both of them also did diagnose well, like if there was an open hitch in the flat, they took it every time. Both of them did. And well, that's a good sign um, in the mock game. But further, though, like you said, the, the tight coverage, the man coverage downfield, while that will be harder to, nec- to maybe access the throw it will simplify it for them downfield the looks will be simplified so that means the opportunities might be there for them to to really try to see who can who can hit the the shots downfield who can make the the big boy throws downfield in tight windows they may not be zone windows necessarily but i'm looking forward to in that sense because we're going to get enough one-on-one scenarios so who can just be more accurate who has more chemistry with dk and tyler um and, uh, and well, I guess Goodwin, Swain and Eskridge won't be playing. So then it will be getting an opportunity to see who has more chemistry with Penny Hart and, uh, Cody Thompson and Bo Melton and Derek Young. So that, and Aaron Fuller, um, that will be interesting to see as well. Um, from there though. Yeah, I guess it's, it'll be what's going on, uh, tackles. That will be the most interesting part. um, and it sounds like Lucas has the lead at right tackle. They've, they've still been s- swinging him and Curran out, and then I think Forsyth is clearly third. Yep. But uh, it's it's a good sign that Lucas is kind of kind of rising to the top there. Like cream? Yeah, that's that's our metaphor.
1: Yeah, the, the receiver situation actually... Or simile,
0: because I said like...
1: <laughs> yes, very good. English. Um. Not American. Um, Weird. That came off as like Um, pro-colonial. We should mention the receiver situation because there are a lot of injuries uh, sort of cropping up there, which creates opportunities, obviously, for the guys who will be able to play earlier and more often. So Marquise Goodwin has um, felt some soft tissue kind of deal going on. um, And also... Freddie Swain is dealing with back tightness, and Eskridge is sidelined with a hamstring. That Pete Howe mentioned a hip thing going on as well, which creates big chances for our guy Cody Thompson, who you likened to Cooper Cup, and now I have. So, did Thompson, I? you excited? I think you did. Am I just uh, putting you on that I for no reason? I think
0: I was commenting on their likeness. their ethnicity. Um, <laughs> they look nothing like um they wow. actually do have a, a a startling similar uh combine and height and frame um hmm. although they move a little differently but cody thompson is actually he actually is a good route runner i think as much as you can say a fringe roster guy is which that's what he's been the last three years um he's always looked good with his touches in preseason. Both Gino and Drew have talked him up. They're like, actually the, both of them are like, actually, I think he's kind of good. Um, not just talking like one of their friends up. Right. It was like seemed as legit as it can be for again, a guy that is always a fringe roster dude. So like, um, I don't know. It, it, this is a great opportunity for him and Aaron Fuller and Penny Hart to, to try to show that they belong at the bottom of the, the lineup. Also, we don't, it's always sad to say but someone always ends up getting hurt unfortunately or it's very common that a guy doesn't make it all the way to camp or make it all the way to week 1 and gets put on pup or or ir or, or worse you know so um this is a big opportunity for them to try to stick around when those decisions are made um
1: yep yeah. uh Cody Thompson's skill set should really benefit from um from the kind of new quarterbacks like right and actually on that same subject it seems colby parkinson has a connection with with both of the quarterbacks particularly drew lock that he didn't manage to establish with russell wilson for whatever reason so maybe we see him go off as well um right i mean he's just such a mismatch and if they're really intent on playing cover one and against a six foot seven dude who has connection and is probably more athletic than the kind of second third string guy Steelers are rolling out I mean that's an obvious opportunity
0: right right okay. if I remember correctly the Steelers did play a little bit of cover three like it's one it's still one of their base calls I think um in the last year in the Seahawks Steelers game yeah so if if they if we do see any of that that will be telling to see who's simply who's straight up the better operator Um, that's such a good coverage to get a feel for how quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks can kind of read defender techniques and stuff and just make decisions. So I hope we do see enough cover three and that, uh, and that, especially in the pure dropback situations to see how Gino and Drew separate themselves from one another, one another there. Um, yeah, so. I don't these two know, teams
1: have never met in the preseason that was that's very interesting a great, great stat
0: uh, but, but we're going to see a smattering of everything we're going to see under we're going to see under center pocket play action we're going to see under center movement with the boots and stuff um and then we're going to see the the maybe i don't know if hurry up necessarily but the the gun dropbacks. um we might see some pistol play action it'll just be really important to see like like I could foresee one quarterback outperforming the other in those broad categories. So we'll have to track that throughout the preseason because they'll have to like Frankenstein together, like what they think the best combination is because I mean, I could see one doing consistently outperforming in one area and the other quarterback consistently outperforming in the other area, but then how, what decision do they make at the end of it? You know, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the defense. So if we start with the mock game again, there were a few surprises. There was a lot of quarter-quarter-half coverage. Seemed to mainly be the quarter side of the tight end, so like super basic pack, uh, whatever you want to call it, Uh, which is not surprising. And then the one thing which impressed me, I guess, was how well they handled that fire zone deal, which you actually messaged me and I'd literally just watched the clip and was like, oh yeah, that that's exactly what stood out to me. Uh, where uh, two and three basically swapped in the play where with um, t- two was up in the seam and uh, f- no, three went up in the seam and two shortened and the hot to two player was deep. So the hot to two player picked up the, the three player up the seam and the hot to three player rather than having to run all the way up there and and create space in the low hole which seattle has given up in the past he was able to switch back onto the the low hole uh, threat and and match that up i think the ball was still completed but it was like for, for minimal gain if it was an actual game and it was just a very good handling of of a concept design to beat those kinds of um five under or three under spacing in, in that middle hole so right. so good good work and yeah but i mean what have, what have things stood out to you about the defense the other thing was I, I wish there'd been a bit more press coverage on display but i think that was just had to happen to be the clips we had on offer
0: yeah we we, we saw quite a bit of um even fronts and nickel like that's clearly a thing they're trying to do because especially when you're in too high if you can get away up front playing four down when you're in too high and still defend the run i mean that's golden right there because that allows you to keep your edge rushers dialed in um keep your edge rushers uh, you know able to keep pass when they do when they do keep pass to really fly off the ball um especially when they're 250 260 guys it's it's really important um so that's that's definitely a theme um because you want to be able to have early down pass rush um, uh, mm. and, and on the flip side of what we were talking about, with the quarterbacks, them hitting the check down that it's clear that that's the main, that remains the main weakness for the defense. Cause I think for the most part, things weren't open at the second level and, and third level, uh, whether the back was the check yep. down was, so that's, that just speaks to the the inherent weakness. And we think about how well too high takes pressure off the linebackers. And in many ways it puts more pressure on them. Um, because they're put on an island that's a lot of space to cover so um obviously brooks wasn't playing barton wasn't always in we saw a lot quarterback of quarterback was
1: redshirted so you can't actually finish your pass rush
0: right right so right so it's it just kind of again speaks to that is the inherent weakness and we got to see um what the pass rush can do for it. i mean i'm not going to draw too many conclusions from the preseason game because not a, all the ones will be there they're not going to put out all their calls right they're not going to do all the supplementary things Although,
1: the one good thing about the preseason is kind of the rawness of it being like, okay, when you're one on one, rather than you know we'll judge it up with a bit of scheme, we'll um, right, we'll spice it up um with a bit of this. The the pure rawness of winning your one on one is still like uh, you know, revealing uh, illustrative of how good someone is. Like it say if like Mafe starts just working a a second string tackle. Well, then you're like well his athleticism is pretty damn dominant even at the nfl level uh okay sure. maybe the best tackles can manipulate him more but he's giving you something off the bench so i, I do get what you're saying you're right though, with what you're saying
0: right all right so should we should we run down position groups and who we're watching and and stuff on the on defensive on the defense for this game
1: well real quick i just want to speak on the cornerbacks because tariq Woolen sure. in the mock game and I guess we can lead into that, but Tariq Bullen in the mock game uh, impressed a lot of guys. Now, it's hard to know how much of that is kind of the result of the play. So he gets a pass breakup uh, and everyone's like, wow, that was good. But actually, you know, it's a pass breakup he should make or it's an underthrown ball. But then based off the one-on-one stuff we've seen, both Tariq Woolen and his fellow rookie, Kobe Bryant, who has also been impressing reporters Pete Carroll has praised him have had some really good reps we've seen two of woollen where he's step kicking both times I said he was read stepping in the first example he wasn't he was just uh stepping as is designed from the technique with first of his outside foot to keep the hip open for the outside release but his patience and then his ability to step replace for a tall guy and then his obvious arm length um, and his consciousness and keeping his hips open and and not breaking before the, the, the transition and, and the break of the route is really impressive and then the speed and the length can really get put on show I said when I did my video on him when I did my analysis on him on this podcast and on other podcasts as well that he would have a time getting on the field in his first year because of how much techniques uh, strides he had to make. Pete Carroll said as much today, but then went on and said how basically he reminds him of Richard Sherman in that he's actually picked up the technique really well, really quickly, and he, if he does how he's done in practice, he'll be fine.
0: And um, uh, he might be going up against Chase Claypool of, of all you know, large bodied receivers, but maybe, I mean, maybe only for a series or two, but that well, would Myles, really.
1: Miles Boykin as well. He's on their roster and he, he'll probably get some playing time.
0: Right. Um, and then who, who did they draft? They drafted Pickens, right?
1: George, oh, Pickens and Calvin Austin. Oh, that's fun. Yeah.
0: So we can immediately see how he does against the guys that he's supposed to erase. The, the big body guys on the perimeter. What's, what's crazy about those clips um, against DK and the fact that he's by the sound of it he's been dominating dk actually up until i think of the wednesday practice when dk finally started making things happen against him um is that like what's dk's number one thing it's beating press at the line of scrimmage and beating you vertically and woolen is just not giving him anything like he you know and he can play the ball it looks like so um, what was
1: really nice about that first example was it was against marquis goodwin And Goodwin's like that smaller, shiftier type. And Goodwin ran like the worst possible kind of route, other than an outside release slant, against uh step kick press coverage. Because in step kick press coverage, if you get a wide outside release, you're stepping with your outside foot, you're then replacing with your inside foot, and then you're thinking, I need to slide out here because he's giving me three steps to the outside. I need to transition to stay on top with the Mm -hmm. outside release vertical. Once you've done that and you've turned all the way, they then cut back across your face and they run the slant. And because it's three-step outside release, it takes so long that you 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 have to open. Otherwise, when they run a three-step right. outside release route, you are beat. So it's a right. very difficult technique. And it's why you see the rich Germans of the world and that like when they started getting loads of that, they would get out step kick. They they go for like a kind of soft shoe mirror technique to protect against that because it's so difficult. But what Woolen did, which was great, against an outside release, it was kind of a, a sketchy route from Goodwin, but Goodwin's like their guy for route running. He's, he's the example for Sanjay loud, the new the returning receivers coach. Mm-hmm. That's why they signed him big reason. They signed, him. he ran like an outside release stutter back inside hit. It was like an outside release sluggo, a uh, slant go route. And, um, Woolen did great. Uh, yeah, he opened the gate to the outside. Yeah. He could have stepped, stepped a bit quicker, but once he'd opened the gate, uh, he only partially opened the gate to the outside. He stayed patient in it. He slid out, but he didn't start getting on his horse. Now his confidence in his own speed helps. But then as Goodwin broke back inside, woolen was there, got his two hands on to stay on top, managed to keep with the hand fighting, transitioned down the field, got his head rounded for the ball, made a play on the football, which was like super impressive. And then the Metcalf example was a lot of stuttering. Um, Walking him out linearly, uh, linearly down the field, and willing to keep the hips open, stepping back, stepping back. Um, you may have wanted him to get two hand, hands on, but the crucial thing was his feet were right, which enabled him once Metcalf broke outside to break outside with the with the fade and break the ball up. Um, that those are like that. That will make him a dominant press corner if he can maintain yeah. that and then keep his confidence when he does inevitably get beat um and then kobe bryant and i'll I'll kick this over to you but he's been getting work as well in in the slot in nickel and carol described him as a gamer and sort of put that down to the fact he makes so many plays on the football he's a playmaker and they just want to feel out what he can do best probably thinking if can we get him playing time in his year one more likely in nickel but griff do you agree with me? That's probably evidence as well that they, they wanted more of a man coverage nickel this year.
0: Yeah. Um, and like when they, because they want to grow their cover one package and a lot of it will hinge on what they get out of Justin Coleman. And that will be another guy we have to watch. He doesn't have to be amazing. Can he just show a semblance of who he was when he, you know, before he left Seattle the first time? Um, just because that will allow them to keep playing cover one. But why
1: do, Why do they want to play cover one?
0: Well, they want to be able to supplement their zone, and so that they can be aggressive or um, on earlier downs. I mean, one, yeah, you want to get out. It'll be your main call on third down. You want to get off the field. It's cover one, pressure blitz stuff, or just straight cover one, four man rush. But um, you know, the, the more you can play cover one on earlier downs and be sound for the run still, the better because it's you're you're trying to defeat them, break them at every point on the field. So, and that will like second and five really solid zone defense is great but you can still check the ball down and set up a third and one or can just barely convert because i mean you you take a four yard check down on first and ten um you say that's good defense we defeated the zone concept you you know what i mean but that's if the more you can bleed your your cover one package onto earlier downs the more you're not just beating the offense you're you're taking it to them and you're generating, you're not just preventing positive plays. You're generating negative plays. Um, so that's something they gotta be able to do, but like, like right now they're down Trey Brown, as we already know, then Sidney Jones and Artie Burns. It sounds like Sydney's going to come back, probably won't play in the Steelers game. Um, or if he does, it'll be light work, but I mean, what an opportunity for Kobe and Tariq are having really good camps as are the guys ahead of them. Um, but with the, the, the front line out, I mean, they might, for all we know, they might seize a starting spot, um, with this, depending on how this goes and they're going to have, if they're going up against the Steelers ones, just for a drive or two, you know, that's really good work to kind of see where they're really at. Um, the fact that they're getting good results against Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Goodwin is good stuff. Again, although it sounded like Lockett and DK were really coming alive this past, this past week against them. Um, but it'll be good to see. But, yeah, if we can see anything of Kobe Bryant in the slot, even if that doesn't necessarily mean replacing Justin Coleman, but they're going to see so many different skill sets at receiver. They have so many skill sets at DB now. They can mix and match, guys. They can optimize their cover one package when they go into nickel or dime um, depending on the down and distance. Like even They can even trot out seven DBs if they want hmm. with some bandit if it's, you know, third and 15 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so – you-
1: what I would say about Brian is some of his best reps uh, on that Alabama tape, so real high level of competition, were versus like cut split receivers, uh, where, you know, he's still playing outside corner technically, but he's in the NFL as kind of a slot rep. It can and translate to that, yeah. It does translate, and also one of his best traits is how he undercuts guys and understands when he can go for the undercut, which is a yeah on inbreakers even on on kind of outbreakers like uh yeah even on outbreakers or like you know a comeback which i've already spoke about but that in the slot is big because you can't keep running over the top at a certain point you have to understand when you can undercut the post safety if we're talking cover one the post safety enables you to undercut routes because he's your help over the top but also it means you don't get in as difficult a foot race that the slot represents now The other thing he showed was in that one-on-one clip versus Metcalf, perfect coverage for a Metcalf comeback. And he won't face um, as good a timing of a comeback route in in a real game because it's pass rush, there's other variables going on. The quarterback can't just wait for the perfect timing to throw the comeback. But also he won't face as big a receiver as Metcalf. And the slot probably keeps him cleaner from that, even if there are some power slot kind of dudes in the slot. Generally speaking, guys tend to be a bit smaller, um, and he has like real patience and agility. And that Metcalf rep, even if he had slightly longer arms, he'd have got the pass breakup, I think, because his route to the ball was beautiful. He had a little yeah. subtle tug to get back into the right to the catch point on Metcalf's back of his jersey. And you know, it it he he managed to get one hand on Metcalf, even though he got short arms. He managed to sort of he does a great thing where he's able to flip and get one arm on as he does this flip to transition out of there, Uh, it's almost like snatching to stay on top, which is nice. So in the slot, very exciting to see that. And if he's up against a, um, say, Calvin Austin, who's like a little jitterbug kind of player, then that's a really good test for him because I actually think he's pretty good against the bigger guys, but against like a, you know, the kind of the extreme version of a slot receiver, the kind of jitterbug type, them, well, that's a big test in terms of can you agility hold up? Like he didn't have the best agility numbers. Uh, so. Right.
0: It'll be interesting to see him against uh, Deontay Johnson.
1: Oh, yeah. If he gets – if, if yeah. they
0: actually play him. Um. Yeah. God, that 2019 receiver draft is just insanity. <laughs> um. Yeah.
1: So, so- – what what other position groups are you looking forward to? You're not right. just, just talk over the whole roster uh in this preseason game, but not quarterback.
0: So I don't know. Let's let's stay on the defense and let's okay. just go front to back. Let's start. I mean, up front in the interior, we don't really there's not a lot that we need to confirm or see. Like we already know they're gonna be what they are. If Quentin Jefferson or Shelby Harris show a lot past rushing great but like they're going to get decent pressure this year i don't really have any question about that al woods and mona and puna 4, they all are what they are right like there's not a lot to you know ponder really i don't think I, the guys to watch on the edge i mean taylor's going to be taylor um yeah you want to see him playing well but the the wild cards i think are going to be we want to see Mafe for sure see what he does um i'm intrigued by uh alton robinson having dropped 15 pounds yeah that was um, big that
1: we haven't spoke about that i was like because because they, they drafted him to be a speed rusher right and then yeah. he came in heavy and they were like mm, you're not a speed and rusher his, anymore and his
0: weight fluctuated in college and i can't remember which year it was but Second either his junior season. year I th- the, yeah, the, the last
1: season was worse the, right the, the, that, that's right yeah
0: like one of the years looked better and so he's a guy that knows how to corner and he has decent play strength that contact but he doesn't have incredible like speed to power he needs to be like a get off speed strength finesse dude and he just doesn't have enough get off to get depth on the tackle to engage him the way that he can engage them well like he knows how to corner he knows said to get the hips around and stuff It's just he's not consistently getting the the position on the tackle early enough in the snap. So with 15 pounds off of him, is he just fast enough to get him into those positions to where he can actually get clean wins? So like instead of him, yeah, go ahead.
1: To me, it sort of sounds, sorry to interrupt. To me, it sort of sounds like he's going to take the Tyreek Smith role given that Tyreek's sort of start. He's going to almost getting an injury red shirt kind of thing going on. Right. Hard to catch up
0: um so you're saying he needs to do what so like last year he would he would have like quality reps in the season last year but it's like where he's winning at 10 to 11 yards and it's just not good enough yeah so he right. needs he needs to win at seven eight yards more frequently and he's going to do it with with strength and and technique like it's it's not he's not going to deplete a guy like taylor can't because he's converting so much so much momentum at at the point of contact if he really sets up speed to power he's not going to blow by a guy like taylor either with pure speed he has to get to depth he has to get half man on the tackle and then he has to you know beat their hands and rip through and corner on them and bend through it so he needs we he needs to get depth on them at four or five yards and start to bend it you know six seven eight and see if he can get to the quarterback more cleanly um he can do it left or right side. I think like he had, I was watching the Detroit game and he actually got their left tackle a couple of times. Um, but again, it was like at 10 yards. Like he, he, if he's going to stick around, it has to be more shallow. Um, but then the other guy I really want to see, and I want to know if he's just more of like a, you know, an annoying guy in practice to quote Carol's Aaron Donkor, He had one really good move in the mock game. Um, he's crazy fast, crazy explosive. He actually has technique crazy ben he's just two you know six one two forty where was he two forty five what was
1: his college like ju- juco some weird thing going on i, d- I don't know what yeah. it was but 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 there he was a on ball rusher so when they moved him to will last year i mean i guess that was to kind of teach him football to have some like cross training with special teams where you're like block shedding uh you know you're filling playing gap, downhill yeah. or you're filling a gap yeah but he was always an edge rusher type, really. So the move to the the move to the three four, the accenting of three four personnel in their existing three four fronts and the the built upon foundations in twenty twenty two. Is that is that okay with you, Griff? It's okay with me. Good. Perfect.
0: Couldn't have no. coped it better myself.
1: Okay. okay, good. Um that really suits Donker and and he's he's very fluid at stringing stuff together like he had an inside move on a text game in one of the Seahawks practices where uh on the training camp live where they showed just him and it was well his side of the D line but he beat the right tackle okay it was Forbes who I think has been cut now but um like so like four string but like it was nice like um yeah and against like lesser string guys I mean heck, he did it last preseason, didn't he? I swear he had like he a did. Spicy he, he made rush
0: moves. Season. He made I mean that's why we're talking about him right now is because of the stuff he did last year. And then now he's and then Pete hypes him up every once in a while throughout the regular season, talking about practice. And then he the mock game, he has one really good looking rush. Like it wasn't a fake rush. It wasn't like, oh, the tackle is just too slow. And it's like, is that really translatable? No, I mean he's straight up cross chop inside arm knocked his hands down bent around it bent through it it was like six yards that he won at it was crazy um so uh he he's too small he's not going to hold up in the run game you know in base but can he be a guy that one makes the team he'll make the team either either way because he gets the roster exemption but can he actually ever be active can he be part of like an 46 man active roster during the season can he be part of that the the nickel rotational edges um I don't know man that's but I, I want to see I want to see if it's possible that's right also now he, cool
1: about the preseason you have all these names like uh, last year Miles Adams emerged as a big guy right. who's like exciting
0: Even and he's gonna to get year, a lot of snaps nice plays so I guess uh, I yeah I mean to your point Miles Adams is the main guy I think on the interior to watch for to see what he's bringing Maybe he didn't bring last year, so um, yeah, we'd
1: expect him to sort of make the leap if he's gonna if he's gonna continue his progress and he wants to, kind of like he needs to beat out AJ Collier, right? And Collier has hurt, got this injury, so it's a big opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, All right. now, now other other side of the ball, the the running backs, the pennies hurt his groin, so it's a big opportunity for Kenneth Walker to be showcased and everyone probably will be very impressed with him. Carol was raving about his ability to uh, pass protect and how he's improved in that area since being drafted because it was a ding on him coming out of college. that his pass protection was kind of lacking. So that'll be exciting. I mean, he's so obviously explosive. That was something in the mock game and, and in pra- some practice videos where he, he just has some, His his low uh, center of gravity leads to some kind of exciting moments, shiftiness. So that would be cool. But we have another guy, another star of last preseason, don't we, in Josh Johnson?
0: Yeah. I don't, the the running back room, they've got five guys, five incumbents between. I mean, Penny will play in the regular season, obviously, but they have have Penny, um, Walker, uh, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer i'm missing someone would that make
1: you're missing a really weird a really weird one did you did you know that they'd signed darwin thompson no yeah
0: i don't know if he i mean is he uh not to you know (laughs) not not to sink him so soon but i mean are we really expecting him to make the team
1: oh heck no but um uh, you know i think he's the kind of dude who will show up when there's like uh four minutes left and he'll be like the passing down back right. who catches the check down over the middle for like three yards okay all right from jacob Eason. but um, i mean so i so i guess back. that
0: i guess now that Balor is legitimately a linebacker now i guess that means uh josh johnson is the fifth guy if they go five mm. and travis um,
1: I, just just on that travis homer was taking reps at fullback so
0: interesting um so He's i think
1: such a maniac
0: i think of all those guys Josh Johnson is more promising as an early down guy, even over tra- um, DJ and Travis long term.
1: Oh, sacrilege, no. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he I seems agree.
0: like he could be undrafted free agent. But Chris Carson was a seventh round pick. Thomas Rawls was an undrafted free agent. I definitely think Josh Johnson could could be a high carry guy. Um, so I w- we'll be watching him, see how he does. Hopefully, they give him more early run. But Pete has barely mentioned him so i don't know what's uh going on there he's mentioned a lot about travis and dj so um yeah i mean my, sp-
1: d- my spy at training camp said that josh johnson was uh making was joking with drew lock so clear so, chemistry between the two
0: indeed um and then how do how does kenneth walker handle protection like pete carroll's been talking about mm-hmm. he's doing well there apparently
1: because Johnson so, Johnson's best play last season was that inside zone, or was it the mid zone from the gun? Because he he impressed with his one cut kind of vision, right? Yeah, I can't remember what concept it was because I, I'm was just explosive.
0: thinking it was definitely zone, but I don't remember. Yeah, if Und- it was gun, it was just gun or under center, cool see
1: him in under center outside zone because I don't really think we saw much of that, and it will mainly be mid zone. The right, I guess the other dynamic here with all the receivers hurt is. Who's going to be the fly sweep guy? Because um, they'll they'll want to do a bit of that motion, especially is it kind of a core part of the offense, particularly this year. Now, Bo Melton maybe Penny Hart definitely um... Bo,
0: definitely Penny. I mean, we might see Tyler do it, but I don't think they'll actually give him the ball because I don't <laughs> think they want him getting hurt or taking too many hits. But it would he'll definitely be part of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, derek Young could do it. He's tall, but...
0: Oh, definitely derek
1: <laughs> He's played in a I... wing team, man. You gotta do yeah.
0: that. Um, yeah.
1: And I think that's probably it. Uh, forgotten name as well is Cade Johnson, who I guess is...
0: Cade, Fuller, maybe. one
1: likes him. Fuller, Fuller had an all-right preseason last year. Yeah. So they've got, like... For the preseason, they have quite exciting depth on both sides of the football. Oh, and another thing we should mention is Ryan Neal's uh, dealing with a high ankle sprain. And so, safety-wise, it's a big opportunity for Josh Jones, Marquise Blair, who have been playing a bit of safety as well. Oh, and and real quick on that, the the deal of safety on nickel, I mean, there's a lot of carryover between the two. Really, it's kind of like a three-safety system, even though it's not, like, unless they start putting... An actual proper like man cover corner at the nickel spot but when it's ugo out there at nickel then it's kind of three safety ish yeah and i think they'd like to lean on that a bit more at times they certainly do on passing down they do lean on that for disguise purposes like when they spin into that um cover two with the free safety down as the middle hole player but um but Blair playing safety again it's not it's just a chance for him to practice it and then be able to slot in at both spots and get as much playing time as possible uh but also they're kind of light there with Neil being hurt so yeah j- big opportunity for Josh Jones and and Blair to kind of compete for right. that spot
0: we'll, we'll we'll finally see what Blair looks like as an actual safety because we really haven't seen him We've only ever seen him down to the line of scrimmage even when he was the strong safety in 2019 because they were still a one high team then he
1: played he played deep safety against baltimore didn't he and um there was a mix up but i don't think it was his fault Maybe a pinch. but um uh you you've actually said in the past how kind of a split safety system almost suits blair's game he's better. just so
0: explosive and he he takes such sharp angles you would think that his traits apply especially to quarters where you can play downhill more um, like you just want to see like, what is, what do those traits look like with enough coaching and, and reps and stuff. So, um, yeah, so, so we'll see there. I think putting him at nickel is just a way to find him snaps. Cause you're not going to play him over digs or Adams, obviously. Um, so we'll see. Also, he's been hurt. We don't know what kind of athlete he is now. Hopefully he's the same, you know, but I don't know.
1: Hopefully. Right. Well, it's... Oh, and it's not Heinz Field anymore. Really, really tragic. Sad, sad news. Corporate America.
0: Another ketchup company has to swoop swoop, swoop in there. <laughs> um, I wanted to say sweep in there. That wouldn't make sense. But it would be funny if they named it after, like, Trader Joe's Organic Ketchup Field or something like that. Mm.
1: They're really going for the mass market there.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Thanks everyone for watching. Great five star reviews. We we do see them. We appreciate them. Thank you. Please keep them coming. Please like and subscribe to this video on YouTube. Please just share the podcast amongst your friends. Download it. We may have some exciting podcast news coming soon. So keep your eyes peeled on the Twitter at Seattle Overload, which you should follow. And also please follow Griffin at C-Mike Spin Move and myself at Matty F. Brown.
0: Thank you. Agreed. Peace out.